Down Raw Mind Sports is here. Week 11 is here. We got a few things about college basketball, excuse me, college football, raw thoughts. And we got Coach Day, I mean, Coach Jay. With that being said, here we go. That's what they always say hit my music. You're on time to talk sports with Raw Mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline. Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship? You gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, when this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime time got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now raw my sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw my sports, another edition. Show sponsored by Essential Collections. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the promo code Raw Use promo code Raw You get a fifteen percent discount. And guess what? She got Black Friday discounts. Black Friday discounts for all you people who want the discounts. So, you know, trust me, you will not be disappointed with the bad products, all the good stuff. With that being said, Coach Jay, how you doing, man? Hey, man, great, man. Blessed to be here, man. Always glad to be on your show, man. And as always, I love that intro, man. So with that being said, we're going to talk college football first before we get into the pros because week 11 is here. And um, let's talk about Georgia and Ole Miss. SEC. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, before we start, let's talk about our promo that we get. Mm -hmm, mm $50 gift card, man. $50 gas gift card, man, for you guys. Um, Prime, we're going to have something coming up uh, at the end of this show. Prime's going to go into detail about that. Uh, we're going to have the raffle on our next show. Yeah, the raffle on that show will we'll give out some good things. But the good news is, and the great news is, you got to listen to the show. got to listen mm-hmm. to the show to see if you win, to get in to the raffle of our show and what we're giving away. So let's talk about George and Joel. Um, Georgia and Ole Miss. Great stuff, man. Great stuff, man. If you watch the game, I mean, you already know. Uh, you already know how it was, right? Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen. Ole Miss are what they are. Uh, they're they're not going. They're they're not going to go too far this year. However, they played against a very stout Georgia team. Um, Beck, this is just some things that I've seen just from from GA. Uh, you know, from an offensive perspective, man. GA, uh, Beck, he made some solid, great decisions in that game, all right? Solid decisions throwing the ball. Now, what I a good good thing about him, what I didn't like was he lacked the strong arm, okay? Now, he delivered the ball very well. Um, You know, there was a couple times we had some underthrows in that game, all right? Um, You know, but he's a manager. He's a game manager. He can complete Mm -hmm. passes and get the job done. He's not going to be an elite-level quarterback, all right? Uh, now he what he what he does great is he does a great job at throwing with a receiver only where the receiver can catch the ball away from the DB. So that means he has great touch, but not a lot of velocity on the throw. Okay, um, as far as looking at the backfield, I, I like the running back duo with Milton and Edwards. Now that's 
that's where the strength of that team on the offensive side of the ball, along with the tight end, that's where it really lies there. They're speedy physical backs. Um, and I like seeing Browers coming back from the injury. He looked great out there, had a lot of catches out there, a touchdown. Um, and he's shown spurts of what he was looking like before he went and uh, got injured. Um, strong part run power game, power run game there, man. Very physical between the tackles. Um, and, and from the beginning, they were they were running in small chunks um, at a time. Um, and I, I like their offensive um, play call, what they were doing, right? They were very creative, mixing up the pass and run. Um, and, and one thing that I thought was really impressive from an offensive standpoint, uh, from the beginning, they never faced a third down until 502 left mm. in the second quarter. Can you believe that? They Ooh. never faced uh, a third down in, you know, all those possessions, you know, uh, that tells me how dominant, how dominant they were. They were very dominant up front. Um, and they, and they, it shows that they stayed ahead of chains, uh, you know, and, and as I said, very creative play call. Um, they, they mix a lot of different things in with the uh, screens, play action, power run. I got my little guy here. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of screens, play action, power run. I like the vertical passing. And one one very cool thing was they started, they had a couple end arounds. Well, I had an end around in there. I, I like the creative play call, how they mix things up. And, um, yeah, it was just uh, – just it's, it's an overall very well-dominant effort on the Georgia offensive side, especially on the defensive side as well. Um and, and, you know, they were very big up front, you know, uh, very physical, rally, fast to the ball, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, um, just made them really uncomfortable, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, Georgia so very said, dominant. I'm sorry about that. So, with that being said, by the way, he definitely looks just like you, Ross Dawes. Do you see Georgia, you know, with that dominant defense, can you see them, like, repeating as the national champs? of the NCAA. Listen, uh, I'm an Alabama guy, okay? Um, and I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, uh, listen, real got to recognize real. <laughs> listen, I've seen so many Alabama teams come through, and they remind me of being Alabama. And right now, Alabama wasn't Alabama and into this latest uh, few weeks where our quarterback has really been stepping up. Um, so I think it's going to be a heavyweight matchup between both teams uh, coming into that SEC championship. Now, can they do it? They gotta, they gotta defeat the monster, which is Alabama. They've got to play hard four quarters. Um, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough task for those guys. I think defensively Alabama is going to have their hands tied up, but as you can see, Georgia defensively going to have their hands tied up with Alabama's offense and their dual threat quarterback. So they can do it, but they're going to have their hands full. Woo! So the next topic, by the way, sponsored by Central Collection by Mona Chris. Um, we have trouble in Ole Miss. Talk to me, Jeremy. Talk to me, Coach J. All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> listen, um, Lane Kiffin, what are you doing, man? Listen. You get on a kid uh, coming off an injury, ACL, uh, had a concussion after that. And uh, I understand, um, you know, being a coach of uh, being very strict and being tough on your players. But what you got to realize when a guy is coming back from an energy and from a, uh, I'm sorry, from an injury, um, mentally, mentally, you, you 
physically you're back on the field, okay? But mentally, you've got to get your body back right. You got to get your mind and your body back synced on that I'm back healed. Most guys, when they come back from injury, they're 80%, okay? And you're working to get back to 100%. You're not you're not 100%. As guys is coming off in the NFL, they're going to be still banged up mentally. They're going to they're gonna be feeling pain or swelling. So in their mind, they're not back right. But you got your trainer, uh, your sport, your, your, med- your sport doctor, your team doctor, your guys in your corner telling you, hey, you're back, you're ready, you can do it. Your 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 muscles back healed, or if, if you had surgery, you're back, uh, you know, you're back repaired. So now it's all up to you to get yourself back where you're at. Most guys take a year or so, but you know, this is a huge thing. Like, you know, when you come off an injury like this guy did, and you come up and have a concussion right, right. right out there. Um, the sports psychologist portion has to come into this. He needs somebody in his corner worrying about where is he at mentally, okay? Uh, you know, and I, I think the head coach in this particular, he took it the wrong approach. He needs to be in a situation of this is my guy. Wh- where's my guy mentally? I know he's been out. So if he tells me otherwise, okay, uh, I need this, I need that. Let's, let's, let's see where he's at mentally before I just go off on him as a coach. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it's, it's it's levels of coaching outside of X's and O's is levels of coaching and it's it's just certain things you just don't do certain things you just don't say raw thoughts um again essential collection by monica red essential collection by monica red she's a promo code raw mind use a promo code raw mind you get 15 percent discount and she has a black friday special coming up all right here we go for what the people going to say, I'm going to give the floor to you entirely right, right quick. Um, Coach Jay. The Michigan shenanigans. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Michigan plea. Jim Harbaugh. Stay. Maybe. Maybe not. Floor is yours. Listen, uh, Jim Harbaugh is not going anywhere. I, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. You know, you, you just think about um you know this whole saga uh honestly i i really feel that uh jen harbaugh uh they got off on this one easy i mean you 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 had this scandal going on and how long it's been going on you only get three games just a slap on the wrist i honestly i, I don't think that uh in this perspective the the big the big 10 said hey listen we're going to uh we you guys need to drop this all right all right, drop this appeal. We're going to just give you three games going about your way because we could have gave you way more games than that. They got slapped on the wrist here. Um, and I think, uh, you know, this is something right here that any teams that go out to doing this, it sends a bad uh, bad vibe that, hey, it's okay. It's acceptable. But, um, man, I don't understand how they got three games only. Um, you know, me, if I was in this predicament, I would have said, hey, listen, they need more, you know, at least give them, uh, you know, one game suspension, even though he didn't know anything about it. He's the head guy in that program. He should know everything that's going on in that team. The The punishment does not fit the crime. They need he needs at least a year off or at least one game suspension for every single game that they had guys at. And I think that makes it even fair and makes it puts a tough punishment on the next guy or next team that tries to do the same thing prime. I I, just, I don't think the punishment fits the crime, not at all.
And now thinking about uh, this whole thing, man. Um, geez. I, I think they kind of use their guy who were, you know, Connor as a scapegoat. Um, there's no way that this staff member had an opportunity to orchestrate every single thing from the top to the bottom. Um, what do you, what do you think about this? The staff member was let go. Uh, well, actually he uh, resigned beforehand and uh, he wasn't, you know, being cooperative with the team during their investigation. However, I don't think Connor was a head guy. And if somebody knew about this and I think they didn't want to undercut uncover everything behind this, they just want to go ahead and get it out of the way, get the punishment and get them out of there. Raw thoughts, raw thoughts right there. <laughs> That's all I'm leaving. Um, yeah, it, it's a whole scenario thing. I feel like, you know, Jim Harbaugh, play calling, people complaining about the play calling, and mm-hmm. the guy went the second half of just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. Man, Kyle Shanahan done that in the NFC Championship. That's just raw thoughts on that end of, of, of the spectrum. But I yeah, definitely get I like I, I like what he did at this second half. I mean, you think about what James Franklin was doing, man. You know, they didn't there were there was no answer uh for the run game uh against those guys, man. And uh when you think about they they played field position very well, the defense was stout, um, they limited uh Penn State's offense. So I mean, if you can run the ball the whole game, let's hey, let's Tarboro tee it up and hey, let's go. <laughs> Tom Brown, tee it up, baby. Yes, sir. Misdirection all day, every day. So, um, again, people who are watching this podcast who are interested in this, um, make sure you're looking at the entire video to see what you possibly can make, possibly win. $50 gas car coming out very, very, very shortly. Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. All right, so let's go to a thing that happened last week. Brock Purdy comes off of three losses in <laughs> um, <laughs> recently since the Cowboys game. It's a lot of fans that talk about him, good, bad, whatever. Um, maybe you got some insight on that. But it's a play that allows me to um, look at him from a different way, man. And, um, I really did uh, – Say to myself, like, maybe he's special. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is, maybe not. But this one play um here, I'm going to, um, that's what I say, raw thoughts, rewind it back because we was looking at it earlier. If it comes off, okay. Um, Hold on a second, people. Raw thoughts. One thing about raw mind, we always try to have a thing to push it. Okay. Is he gonna Kittle be, right. going in motion? Here we motion go. Right. And we have Brock Purdy here and the toughness of this throw. Do people not know this? Oh, let's go back. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get it back to, to the part. What was that? Yeah, um, yeah. You, you, as you see here, uh, you know, we're going to start it again. We're going to talk about the toughness of this throw. Mm-hmm. Jesus, hold on. And some folks, whoever you believe in, you know, nothing against nothing, but have my own beliefs. Here we go. And all right, hold. Here we stop. 
do we not see how many people are cluttered in this pocket here that a lot of league quarterbacks can throw? A lot of mm-hmm. league quarterbacks can probably make this throw. A lot of league quarterbacks will try probably try to run out the pocket, roll out the pocket. That's a lot of men. I don't know if the um the mouse can show it. That's a lot of men right here in this pocket. Can you see the mouse on Jim? I, I cannot, but I do see oh, all I those guys. guys. All right, so perfect, <laughs> which is cool. So, bro, thought fact. This guy made this throw a one, two, three. I'm trying to count one, two, three, four, five guys coming at him. 49's offensive line hasn't been superb as the past few years. But for him to make this throw, and we're about to see this throw, mm-hmm. like most elites will probably run for their lives on this. And it's a lot to say about Brock Purdy, regardless of what people say, what they want to think about it. Like to yeah. make this throw, most people will fumble, but I'm gonna let the play finish out. He still stuck in the pocket and made this throw. Well, this you, doesn't just happen overnight. Go ahead. It doesn't. It doesn't. Did you? But wait, wait, wait. Back that up real quick. Back to where okay, your frame okay, is. Okay. okay? Uh, because you did say something interesting about Brock Purdy there. Okay. Okay. I'm about to go back. You want me to play it again? Or uh, let's pause it right where you were at, if you if you can. Okay. Okay, I'm about to pause it. Where the spot he made the throw. Oh, right, okay. right before the throw. Oh, oh, let me go back again a little bit more. Raw thoughts. Raw thoughts here. We make mistakes, mistakes, but it oh, happens. Yeah. Let me right here, right here. This is great, right here. Okay, right before he makes the throw, look at the DB in relation to the uh the receiver. Okay, he's still in phase. He's he's in phase, he's in his upfield shoulder. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. will not make this throw. You know why? Because right here in this position, the defender has has the ability. He's over top of the ball right now, right? But as you right. roll the footage, what happens is uh, the the tight end beats the beats him on the wheel route. He beats him to the corner to the edge, and when he gets vertical, hey, he automatically you know stacks him and gets over top. You know, so this is a great ante- anticipatory throw right here from Purdy. Right here. You, Want me you go to play it? Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and roll it. You don't go ahead and roll it. You know, most quarterbacks won't make this throw right here. You know, he didn't He didn't stack them and get over top of them until after the ball was thrown. And that's what was impressive about this throw. Like, he had so much pressure on him. Most mm-hmm. people roll out, run. In a situation like that, we have, like, four or five guys coming at you. You're running. You're running for your life. You're not even trying to make the throw. You're trying to say, man, I got to get away from this pressure. Oh, yeah. For him to make that certain throw, that's what it was. But – I give you the uh, let me get this off the screen right now. All right, we'll talk about the other raw thoughts of this scenario. A lot, how you feel about like Brock Purdy? Well, look, look, Brock Purdy is a uh, he's a great game manager, and I tell you, he can he got he has great anticipation, amazing anticipation. I mean, you you seen that throw just from him right there, okay? Um, but but hold up now, hold up, we ain't gonna give him his flowers just yet now, not just yet. Being a great anticipatory throw does not make you an elite quarterback. Right? He's, he's a great, he's a great game manager now. I tell you, he's a spot thrower. Okay, now here's the thing about spot throwers. Now, when you're a guy, you read coverages, uh, and, and I'm gonna go away from the spot throw right now. You guy, you read coverages, you throw the receivers to where you think they're gonna be at. All right. Um, and, and in relation to where they're at, okay. As a spot thrower, you're you throwing this, to a spot. You want to put this back up? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you can put it back up. As a spot thrower, you're throwing to a spot, okay? Now, here's the thing about uh, Brock Purdy, okay? Um, okay. 
as being a spot through and being a guy like he is, um, if you knock receivers off their routes and being a physical defensive back, knock them off the routes, that's messed up timing, okay? And now they might have to bend their route outside of the DB, which throws out the timing. And now you've got to judge Woo! where the ball needs to go. Now that could that – Look could, at all those guys right here. For him that, look at the throw. throw. Go ahead, go ahead. That, that could anticipate – that can make them anticipate and cause interceptions, all right? So now that's the reason I'm saying that we're not going to give Brock Purdy his flowers because he's not – I feel like he's a good quarterback, but he's not an elite level quarterback yet because he's now he's more of a system guy. He's throwing his spots. Uh, he's throwing. Uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, as far as uh, timing me. and things like that, he likes to throw uh, like just like hit right here. This is a this is one of those routes where he's not looking to see if the if the receivers is open. He's throwing them open. He's throwing he like a bread ball, like the, just hoping yeah. he's open. He's t- he's anticipating here, okay. Um, so so if Go I'm if I'm, if I'm a defend a defensive uh a coordinator or so, I recognize that and I say, hey, listen, I mean, we're gonna need to run some coverage to fool him to think guys are open because he's gonna throw to that spot and now we can pick the ball off. Gee! Yeah, because yeah. I'm saying I, I, like I, this play right here, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's a lot mm-hmm. of guys. Not even not mm-hmm. only is he getting defended by Defensively by the Jets, but, but listen, you also get defended about by this play right here. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but I, listen, listen. I, I I can say this though. His accuracy is second to none. All right, right here. Woo! You think about the way he steps into the pocket, pressures in his face. He makes a great time throw down the field to a receiver that wasn't even clear, wasn't even open. You know, I mean, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. <laughs> And, and the fam comes in here says similar to to a anticipation passes. By the way, you did say something about no, you didn't say that. I saw somebody else put it up earlier tonight. Um, talking about like passer rating. So like Brock Purdy leads the league in the highest passer rating. I think mm-hmm. two was behind them, and then it's Dak Prescott. Dak Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. So like that's similar to those throws. Those some tough legged throws. But so I'm gonna ask you, Jeremy, do that does that come off of like the ability of the athletes that are um let me take this down the athletes that are around him, or does it come off of like you know his natural ability to make throw? Honestly, I think it's a two-fold thing, man. I think uh the studs around him allows him the ability to have uh you know more one-on-one opportunities. You got so many. Man, they got so many playmakers in San Fran. Um, so any quarterback, I feel, could run that system. However, you've got to be a guy, a guy who can uh, great make great anticipatory throws, and also you got to have elite accuracy. And that's what he has. He has the touch on the ball. He can deliver the ball. Uh, he can give the fast ball. He can slow it down, pop-up ball. Um, he can anticipate. And that's what some of these quarterbacks in the league don't have. They're not good at anticipating. They can, you know, they can throw to wide open receivers, you know, but, uh, you know, I I, I think on this, uh, you know, he, he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he's up there in that Mahomes level just yet. I think a lot to deal with his, uh, to do with his, uh, court, his coordinator, he's scheming, uh, guys to get open and he needs to have a quarterback that can just lay the ball out there. So for me, um, do you think like. For that situation, it sounds like 
Mike Mike McDaniel is came under the umbrella of Kyle Shanahan. Does it come off as like Kyle Shanahan just know how to make guys who are game managers, or he's really good at finding elite quarterbacks? Oh man, uh game manager, <laughs> elite quarterback. I mean, honestly, you know, the term game manager, you know, uh every quarterback in the NFL is a game manager because if you're not, you would be on the bench, you know, because you have to you gotta have more, less turnovers than you have um touchdowns. Uh so that's managing game. You gotta uh get the snap, not fumble it. That's managing games, right? Um, and I think all quarterbacks are game managers, however, um, I think his systems allows quarterbacks uh, to flourish. You know, he puts them in great position. Um, you know, it, it could be conceptually um, he get he creates a lot of opportunities one on one down the field, or it could be um, you know he makes them as a, a one read, a quick read type of uh, type of system. You know, I noticed Brock Purdy. Um, you know, once he gets once he gets the ball and he's back there, he's going to the first target, first read going. You know, so it, uh, seems to, right, right. it seems to me that he's uh, that your offensive coordinator have really, um, you know, educated him and he's seen a lot of film to know where to go. And he's going fast. You know, some quarterbacks, they hold the ball um, and, and you don't want to see a quarterback holding the ball. I see him getting rid of the ball fast. So I, I, I just think it's just coaching, you know, just knowing uh, where to go with the ball each snap, being able to read pre-snap um, and just being able to see the defense. Um, you know, in, in total. I'm going to put this prepared. player one more time, man. Um, let me um, rewind it. Let's see if it comes up. Oh, there we go. If it comes up, raw thoughts. Mm-hmm. One thing about raw mind sports, you can always find a way to um, find something that's going to, you know, do it. Before we go to the next topic, by the way. Hey, man. He- and for people that just joined – and seeing this play, this is what it is. Uh, let's let's move it up a little bit. Let's move it up a little bit. Um, computer moving slow. Raw thoughts. Um, trying to find it. Okay, let me see if I can find the play that I need to find. All right, that's the play we're talking about, and we're talking. Oh, here we go. Here we go. He was saying to read. Copy. All these linemen, one, two, three, four, five. Five D linemen from the Jacksonville Jaguars getting past the one, two, three linemen, mm-hmm. which is logic. Like five on three was always be a mismatch, but okay. He still makes his throw with all this pressure with my man's arm up. Yeah, short arms it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He finds a way to make it done. I'm gonna get it done. All right, so I got a question for you, Prime. Go ahead, go ahead. What other quarterback in the league do you think can make that throw? And then what quarterback in the league you think would have escaped the pocket there? So when I say this, I'm not saying this off of recent production. I'm saying this off of what I think. It's only two quarterbacks that can make that throw under that pressure. Mm-hmm. And for what you just asked. <laughs> First one, of course, is um, Patrick Mahomes. But the Definitely. second one is, under that situation right there, I think they can make that throw if they're on the right game. Well, people probably will boo me and throw me out the door. <clears throat> Let me drink more water on this one. I want y'all to get ready for this one. The one person I think can make that throw like that, under that pressure, 
One is Patrick Mahomes, and the second one is Josh Allen. And everybody will say, what in the world? Gunslinger. Because under that throw, he has a big body. He can avoid mm-hmm. the sack. He can still give an opportunity to make the throw. Recently, he hasn't done that. Recently, he has been throwing interceptions. But in that situation, if he has an opportunity to make that throw, that's what it is. So those are my two like quarterbacks. It. So um, that's me, Roth Thoughts. Um, and by the way, this next topic is a – it's sponsored by Freedom and Faith Agency. Call Linwood at 919-817-7018. And think about Linwood and their company is um one decision today can protect your family for a lifetime. Contact him. Promo code. Raw thoughts. And at the same time, you gotta understand, like we have a lot of GoFundMe, crowdfunding, stuff like that for life insurance. Make the call. Make it happen because we never know what can happen at any moment, at any second. Things going on right now, you just never know. Let's prepare. To prepare. Even if we're not preparing. Raw thoughts. So, um, Jeremy, here we go. Um, Let's talk about a team that's the number one seed right now. Mm. But maybe not a one number one seed. And we have the will the Eagles be a number one seed by the end of the season? Raw thoughts. Well, no, excuse me. Give me your thoughts. Oh, man. Listen, I'm not gonna go and say yes or no. I'm gonna give you the facts first. I don't want to tip the hand in. All right. So let, let's just start on the negatives, okay? Um, what makes me think they could not, right? All right. So what is one of their weaknesses? Red zone defense. Okay. As of right now, um, their red zone defense stands at 64%. Okay. Uh, red zone scoring is at 55%. Um, think about this, right? Um, now, an upsize, uh, here's an upside for those guys right now, right? Uh, the last three games, they're at 71% combined in, in, in red zone. Okay. You know what I mean? Just think about this, okay? He said no. <laughs> uh, now, now, this is why I say, all right, they need, okay, so they need to be a number one seed. They have to. Now, the reason is. Why would they have to be a number one seed? Give me, give, give me the roll thoughts this, real quick. So the first thing, okay, home, at home, their red zone percentage is 73%, okay? Away, it drops down to 42% in the red zone. Woo! That's, I mean, just think about this. If they're on the a, on a road, somehow lose a couple games going forward and now San Francisco gets the number one seed. They're going to have to go in to San Fran uh, at the uh, NFC Championship, right? That's going to be that's going to be tough, right? All right. Now, just thinking about where they were at last year, they were sixty eight percent last year. And another thing that that hurts their uh, chances as well, and and could be a weakness for them as well, is they're minus three in the turnover uh, turnovers right now, and they're nineteen in the NFL. They're not taking care of the ball. Okay. So if they can clean that up, uh, that could help them out as well. But it, it, but if you want to say and be the guy to say, yeah, they can do it. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah, you know, if you want to be on that bandwagon or there, listen, here's the great thing about them. They have a strong front seven, elite level uh, front seven, which allows them to be uh, gap sound against the run, okay? Um, in the run game, uh, you know, they're, they're very elite. They're very stout up front. Um, and and looking at the metrics, okay, they're in, they're bo- they're in the top ten 
Now, they're in the top 10 offensively and decent defensively uh, in rushing, okay? Uh, rushing attempts, rush yards, and rush touchdowns. So that's huge. All right, so that's play, in playoff football, you, you need to get there. You need that to be great at rushing, okay? Now, here's another solid fact for them that can prove uh, that they can possibly be a number one seed, all right? They're fourth in the NFL in penalties, yardage per game, all right? That's great. All right, you don't want to be a penalized team. Okay. okay. Um, and then also um, the uh, third aspect of the game, which is very important to special teams, all right? In the kicking game, right, the Philadelphia Eagles have a strong uh, field goal team. Um, they're, they're currently at 90%, um, which is quite so about 10th in the league. But I mean, but you think about that. Uh, they're converting, and, and they're they're ninety percent. They're taking care. Of, now I, I wish they were hundred percent. You can't be perfect, but but at least they're converting ninety percent of whenever they uh, kick. I, I, I personally, I say yes. I, I, I honestly, honestly, you know, I, I don't think um, anybody else is better than them. I think they'll hold off the Detroit Lions. Uh, sorry, sorry, Prime, but I think they'll hold off the uh, San Francisco 49ers. New Orleans, I think they're better than Seattle and the Vikings. You know, they're a much better complete team. Uh, now, we can say, what about the game versus the Jets? All right, see, listen, they were undefeated. Everybody was talking about the big, bad uh, Eagles, their undefeated, last undefeated team in the league. I think the Jets just came to play, and they just had a a, a great game. They wanted to match up. And and when you're, when you're the big dog and you're undefeated, everybody wants to take you down. They just got the best A game from the Jets. Jets a bad team. By the way, so with that being said, Philadelphia uh, upcoming schedule at mm -hmm. Chiefs. You consider that, that is that a win? Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think they're very physical. They're going to be listen. KC lacks physicality. Okay, if they can't establish the run, this is going to be an L. Reason why nobody on that team can beat anybody in a one on one matchup other than Kelsey. Okay, they can hold Kelsey under hundred yards. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs conventionally. However, Andy Reid is a mastermind at uh at scheming to get his guys open. Right, you can right, see right. it every single game. But I, I think it's gonna be a win for the Eagles. All right, so versus Bills, we we seen what the Bills had. They make it impossible to beat the Bills. Mm -hmm. We will leave that as a question mark. Anything can happen. Let's Josh Allen become superhero. Then, then they got 49ers. Mm -hmm. And then they got a rematch with the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. So, like, in this stretch, do you see the Chiefs and the me, Eagles coming out 4-0, 2-2, 1-3, or 3-1? I don't see 4-0. The reason why is um, with the offensive coordinator change in Buffalo, I, I, I think those guys are going to be mentally – Serious is not right. They're thinking, hey, listen, if we don't do well, head coach, I'm out the door at the end of the season. All right. Right. Uh, so I, I think right now um, they're going to put together the best game plan these next few weeks. That's going to be an L for the Eagles. OK, they're going to probably beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, hold on. So, so you're saying it's an L. The Bills will beat them. I can see it happen. All right. I can so see the Chiefs go back to the Chiefs, what you were saying. I, I can see I can see uh, a win against the Chiefs. Whoa! In, in in the kingdom. Yes, yes. At oh, Arrowhead. Listen, the Super Bowl victory. Okay, okay, gotcha. This is not your old Chiefs teams where you've got vertical concepts and you've got all these features that can get open down the field that can create havoc on the defense. Nobody 
right now fears the Kansas City Chief receiving core. Even with the additional Mikhail Harmon and uh, Sky Moore, they're elite level speedsters, but they, they're not great route runners. They don't get open like that. Um, the only guy you fear is Kelsey, you know, and, and I, you know, he's going to get his, but I, I think it's, you got to play, you got to play those guys. You can play those differently. You can be aggressive with the receivers and you can limit what they can do. But I, I think uh, that's a win against KC, a loss against Buffalo, Buffalo toss up between San Fran. I think San Fran's got too much firepower. Um, Debo's back. I, I think that's going to be an L for the Eagles. Um, and it's going to be a win at Dallas. It's going to end up two and two. So, they, so they'll beat Dallas. You're saying they're going to sweep the Dallas Cowboys? I think so. Woo-hoo. Yeah. All right. We they, heard listen, that. <laughs> listen the, ahead, the run, they're so stout up front, and you can't stop them. It, it, let's, just say, let's just say they come out with it in, in their, um, their, their goal line package, right? And they do the tush push, right? I, nobody in NFL can stop that. Not even the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, I think from from an upfront standpoint, I mean they're gonna they're gonna pretty much roll over everybody to go through. Uh, but I, I still think these teams like Buffalo and San Fran, uh, they're gonna have some problems with it. But San Fran's got too many playmakers, uh, you know, to 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 probably match up. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna have their hands full, especially McCaffrey. So the weakness you're saying for the Philadelphia Eagles will be the the secondary. Uh, not entirely. I, I just think that even if you've been a great, listen, even if you're being a great defensive team, you have breakdowns, right? Um, you can be the top defensive team in the league and face against a stout offensive guy, uh, offensive team like San Fran uh, with a lot of weapons, a lot of speedsters. And, um, you know, you still can have trouble, you know, because uh, th- here's the thing. The name of the game is how do you scheme? Okay. Um, and I, I think that I think San Fran does a great job of scheming and getting their guys open. All right. And you can see from Brock the way he throws. Right. Those uh, anticipated throws. Right. Right. Those you expect things, them to be open. Right. right, right. Yes. Those are things that the offensive coordinator scheme. Right. That wheel route. They knew they, they planned this in practice. All right. We get this look. We get the wheel wrap. You know where the ball needs to go. All right. You're going to throw it there. Right. Even if he's not open, throw to where he's supposed to be at. You know, I mean. You know, um, I, I just think that even going against a stout team like like um, like uh, the like the Eagles, I mean, I, I feel like they're going to find ways to scheme when they need either in the red zone, uh, second and long, third and long, uh, second and short, third and short. I, I think they'll get it done. That's raw thoughts. By the way, Freedom and Faith Ace called in with 919-817-7018. Use promo code RawBind for 15% discount. We got a little man back there behind the scenes. I don't know what he got in his mouth. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, we're going to go to um, what I call the raw thoughts moment. But we're going to talk about something that like, was on our heart before the show. Um, talking about defensive playback in the NFL. And um, I want to put this up here because um, – I never understood what we was going with here. Take a look at it, and I'm going to walk you through it. Here we go. Um, we're going to talk go. about this play, okay? All right, so receiver progressing down the field. DB gets beat here, extends arms a little bit. Um, now, as he's beat, um, he's trying to recover here, okay? Now, in this position here, if he doesn't turn his head around, it's automatic PI call, okay? If he, if he gets contact, he makes contact with the receiver before uh, the ball gets there, okay? 
Now, however, here, once he makes contact, he looks for the ball and he looks at the ball. Now, both of them have rights to this ball right now, okay? Even though there's some contact, they both evenly, evenly makes contact here. They both have hands on each other. Receivers uh, extends the ball, sends his hands towards the ball. Now, this could be called a little bit because he does have a little of a, um, a little of a grab still on the receiver. Um, however, it looks like he's trying to play through to the ball here. Okay. Now this is a 50, 50 call. Um, so this happened fast. Um, so the refs in, in, in most cases, uh, they're probably not going to make this call if he gets his head around here. Um, but it, it could have been called because he did in some sort of fashion impede the receiver, um, from making a catch. However, he did, uh, he did get his head around and hands back up, uh, you know, to make a play on the ball. So he does have rights to the ball here. All right. Uh, so this, this play here, uh, it could have went either way on the call here. Um, you know, as it stands here, uh, I like the no call. Um, however, as a DB, I would like for, uh, you know, I've, I would like for him to play this a little better. Okay. Uh, at least, uh, you know, of course, get your hands to the, uh, you know, uh, on the receiver, but, um, you know, in the beginning of this play here, make a little more contact, okay? Um, he immediately opens the gate here, okay? So the reason why he was uh, reaching out is because he should have got hands on a receiver. Now, it looks like he was trying to get hands on a receiver. Receiver went wide outside his frame, um, frame of his body here. Uh, so he didn't get an opportunity to get hands on the receiver right here, just for the immediately release up the field. Um, at this point now, he's in a trail position, um, and he has to play catch-up. The ball is, is, is very underthrown. Um, if the quarterback makes this throw like he should have, uh, this is an easy, easy catch right here um, out in front, but the ball was thrown behind him. All right, I'm going to get it off the screen now. <clears throat> you guys heard from Coach Jay right then. On that, the breakdown, things like that. Chime in. Let me know what you feel and what you think about that play overall, yourself, and your raw thoughts or your opinion. But, Coach Jay, here you go. The floor is yours. Yeah, man. Um, listen, so many people are saying this should have been a PI. Uh, yes and no. The league needs to be – they need to be more um, straightforward and more consistent on this call right here. They didn't call it. I like it as a DB, but as, as a on the offensive side of the ball, DB made contact with the receiver before the ball got there. It's a PI, even though he got his head around, um, you know, this, this is PI all day. Um, and I think sometimes some refs don't want to make those tough calls like that, but um, the league needs to do something about that. You know, um, that should have been PI, uh, you know, a lot of contact at the top of that route, you know, but um, Hey, I'm not a ref, but I, I that's PI to me. And, and, and that's what it is, man. Um, I know a lot of people in the NFL have been talking about the refs. A lot of people have a right to talk about the refs. Don't get it twisted. So it worked both ways. Um, but your raw thoughts, officiate this season. How do you feel about it? Look, man, being an official is tough. I mean, you you get a split second. You, you get right. your train. You, you got to see it in the fly. And just like that, that was a bang-bang play, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, it could have went either way. 
but you know, it, it's, it's it, you're trained to do it, but you're going to miss it. it's a human error. Uh, but they got to be more consistent. I, I think they got to go back to the drawing board, do more training for these guys, um, because the, at some point this is going to cost the team a game. They're going to miss a call and they need to have ability to go back and replay things like this and say, hey, the ref miss it. Let's replay it. Right. You get a, a coach's a uh, additional replay just to replay the official. You, you get a Maybe you get an unlimited amount of those so that you have the ability to replay something and say, hey, listen, I think the official missed this. Whew. Tough call to play. Uh, maybe determine the game or not, but that's what it is. So with that being said, um, we ain't gonna hold your opinion on the coach, Jay. We got a lot of people, got a lot of children amongst both of us to get to. <laughs> Anything you want to say before we get off? Man, man, I'm I'm excited about this. Um, I'm excited about what we're gonna see with the SEC championship, Georgia, Alabama. Um, and then also I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge HBCU fan. Uh, I'm excited about the uh MEX swag. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen with the uh, you know, if FAMU's gonna come out from the swag, if Central's gonna come out from the MEAC. Uh, right now it's a battle between Central and Howard. If Howard wins, they're in, Ooh. you know, if, if Howard loses NCCU, NCCU wins, they're in. So it's, it's, it's a great battle. I love watching it, man. Um, the camaraderie, um, it's awesome, man. I'm going to be up this Saturday rocking with college football all day long. So that being said, you know, make sure you like, share, subscribe to our giveaway because it's going to be on the next episode and the next episode from podcast. I'm talking about like, share, subscribe to YouTube, to Facebook, to Spotify. On her radio, Podbean, all podcast platforms. And the winner of that who subscribes when we look at it will receive a $50 gift card Ooh. from all my sports. And, and Coach J, and um, well, he can say his business. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and Echelon Bell, man, we're, we're, you know, we're an inspirational uh, merchandise uh, company. Follows us at, at Echelon Bell or uh, EchelonBell.com. Uh, listen, guys, you can also follow me at, at CoachJR underscore Andrews. Uh, you know, just a problem. I'm glad to be here, man. Blessed, man. Thank you for having me today, man. And with that being said, raw mind, raw thoughts is out.